Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Country band Shenandoah plays the great Frederick Fair in my hometown of Frederick, Maryland on Saturday. I spoke with lead singer Marty Rabin about the band's biggest hits like The Church on Cumberland Road and Next to You, Next to Me. Hey, Marty Rabin, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, man, it's great to be with you, Jason. Sure is, buddy. In this modern day of technology. (laughs) <laughs> it's amazing what we can do. Where are we talking to you from? Uh, well, uh, right now, uh, I'm in the great state of Alabama. I'm going to a, I'm preaching a funeral this morning. Oh, no. Uh, over, over in Boonville, Mississippi. And, and uh, unfortunately, I, I'm driving, you know, you know, normally I, I do interviews at the house. I can't hear the road or anything. So uh, I'm determined to just ride this thing out with you. Well, of course, we're talking with you. Just so our listeners know, we're talking because your iconic country band, Shenandoah, is going to be coming to the Frederick Fairgrounds here in my hometown of Frederick, Maryland, this Saturday. And you'll be with Rodney Atkins. Uh, how excited are you for the show and, and also to be with Rodney? Yeah, it, hey, it's, uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, exciting, you know, the kind of show we try to bring to town's high energy and, you know, getting folks involved and, you know, wanting folks to sing along. And, and, uh, in other words, if at the end of the show, if we've done what we were supposed to do, then, then what's happened is, is we've allowed folks to, to be a part of a show instead of just sitting and witnessing one. And that's, that's really kind of, kind of what we like to do. You know, we, man, we like crowd participation and, and, uh, that kind of stuff. So therefore we, we try to keep it upbeat and, uh, high energy and, and like I say, you know, getting folks to, to get involved and man, I just, Hey man, that just makes for a, that just makes for a good evening. Oh, I guarantee folks will get involved. And anyone who's been a country fan over the last uh, however many years that's going to be singing a million of your songs. We, we can get to them in a second. But you know what? When I have someone like you on, I, wa- I always want to know how, how you got into it in the first place. So I know you were born in Florida, what, in like 59. Um, what, uh-huh. what, what were your big influences back then, country or otherwise? You know, was it, was it like Johnny Cash or like who, or Merle Hacker? Like who, who, were your, who were your guys and gals of country when you were growing up? Uh, well, you know, uh, my mom and dad, you know, they, they thoroughly loved country music and bluegrass music. My daddy was a fiddler. And, uh, so therefore he, he, he loved Bill Monroe and the bluegrass boys. Oh yeah. And, uh, and of course, you know, that, that brought on for us, uh, people like the Stanley brothers and, and uh, the Osborne brothers, Jim and Jesse, you know, you know, a lot of brother acts, uh, because, you know, I had two brothers that sang with me. Sure. And, uh, so, you know, we, we just, you know, a lot of the stuff that they would do, you know, love the Wilbur brothers, Leuven brothers, that kind of stuff. But uh, as far as an individual artist, I, man, that ranged, you know, from Charlie Pride, Vern Godston, uh, Johnny Paycheck, Merle Haggard, George Jones, you know, man, loved them all. And, uh, you know, and, you know, and I didn't really, I didn't really have a favorite. 
you know, I, man, I just, I liked all those guys. And, uh, you know, I, I thought, you know, what all of, you know, had brought to the table, uh, you know, was good eating. You know, it, it, uh, it was something that every one of them offered. Uh, you know, of course, you, you know, I, I think if, if anybody were to pick who they liked and who they didn't like or anything like, you know, that, that would be a preference. But, you know, I, I don't reckon I had a preference, you know, when it came to that. I just, I just really, really loved what they did, you know, all of them. You know, you know even, the, even the bluegrass acts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone your name and I'm just smiling because it's such great music. I mean, that stuff's going to live on forever. And so if you're born in Florida, you know, and you're, you and your brothers, how do you make your way up to, to Alabama? Because, you know, in Muscle Shoals, they got the Swampers and that's where that's where you formed the band. So, <laughs> yeah. How, how, did, how do you make the trek to Alabama? Well, you know, I, actually, I, I left Florida in 84. And, uh, and I moved to Nashville. And unfortunately I, I had the same idea about 2000 other people had the same week <laughs> you know i man, i i was gonna go up there and make myself a big star and see what i could do about you know getting on radio and signing a record deal and, and that kind of stuff only to find out that it was a whole lot more different than that but you know i had the had the yearning and the itch to do it and uh in fact i i was a block and bricklayer so you know i thought well you know if you know, if I get up there and, you know, can't find no work, you know, I can always go out on a construction site somewhere and lay some block for somebody or some brick. Sure. You know, so I One I on top of two. About... One on top of two, two on top of three. That's what my dad always said. <laughs> <laughs> was your daddy a bricklayer? Uh, no, he was in construction, but, you know, he knows the deal. Yeah. But anyway, uh, uh, you know, I, I so I knew I had something to fall back on, and so did my parents. You know, so they, they didn't worry about me too much, you know, as far as, you know, leaving home and going up there. And I stayed up there about nine months. And uh, and after that, uh, uh, at that time, it was, was just nothing more than a friend of mine, an acquaintance, actually. Uh, but uh, his brother and I uh, wrote for Larry Butler Music. So we had a publishing deal uh, with Larry Butler. And, and I lived with Bud McGuire. And uh, we'd split the rent and all this other kind of stuff. And then his brother, Mike, started coming up from Muscle Shoals. Mike, Mike's a writer as well, too. So then me and Mike got to knowing each other pretty good. And, and then uh, he called me one, uh, one day when I was in Evansville, Indiana, with a little band. We were doing a club up there in Evansville. And he said, man, we're losing the bass player and uh, uh, the front guy, the lead singer. Man, what do you think about moving to Muscle Shoals? And I said, well, you know, man, I, I left Florida to move to Nashville. Because, man, you, you know, you ain't for two hours and 45 minutes from there. Right, right. You know, you can still go up there, you know, and, and turn your tunes into the publishing company. And, you know, man, you ain't got nothing to worry about. You know, you can just, you can do your deal, you know. And I said, I don't know whether I want to do that. And he said, look, he said, the money's steady. He said, you'll love it. He said, man, you, you'll have a great time. He said, man, it's a good place to play. And you'll love the guy that, that hires us. So I, I took the job and had been there, you know, been there ever since. And, and never dreaming or thinking that, the, that, you know, that would be the Shenandoah thing. Right, right. Well, I'm glad it became the Shenandoah thing, and that was the the self titled debut uh, album was was Shenandoah. I guess what in in 1987. So that put you all on the map. But I, I guess it was your second album album that really really blew up with some of the some of the bigger hits. Take me into the recording of get me to the church on the cumberland road i've always thought <laughs> it's like that old classic you know get me to the church on time kind of a thing but um the way you guys phrase it is is great uh how, who wrote that how'd that come up 
Uh, well, uh, John Scott Sherrill, Dennis Robbins, and Bob Shapiro had uh, had written that. And, uh, of course, you know, we've heard 50 people tell us what the title meant and where it came from. But uh, Bob Shapiro had told us exactly where it, that they, they were over in England, uh, you know, doing the uh, doing a uh, songwriter round or uh, anyway, they had <laughs> going back to their hotel, they, they'd stopped in a pub and it, Bob said, man, we had too many pints. And uh, so on the way back to the hotel, Bob said, man, I was about to fall down and I had to lean against this building. <laughs> and so he was kind of slapping the, uh, the brick wall on it. So, man, I love this building. I love this building. And said, man, that's, that's a church. And said, it's a what? He said, it's a church. And said, well, man, I, I love this church. And uh, anyway, so on the way coming back into Nashville, you know, right before you, you, you land, in Nashville, you fly over the Cumberland River. And Bob said, you know what? We need to write a song called The Church on the Cumberland Road. <laughs> and, and, you know, and from there, you know, then they, they, they came up with the, you know, with the lyric and, and everything like that. And then they pitched it to us. And, uh, man, we were proud to have it because, you know, after the first album, you know, going out and doing live shows, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of uh, high energy you know, material. Sure. You know, if, you know, if we want to do something high energy, you know, we were doing somebody else's music. So when we had the opportunity of, you know, cutting something like that, man, we were tickled to death to get it. And, and, and man thought it was a smash when, you know, when they played it for us. And, and who I'm talking about is Robert Byrne, which produced the record along with the, the legendary Rick Hall. You know, both of them produced the, the first three albums we did. And uh, I mean, it, you know, it wound up being a, an absolutely wonderful album. You know, you know, uh, you know, a lot of acts suffer with a sophomore album. Sure. You know, uh, you know, they're they're trying to find something that they can teach with what they with what they had, and uh, uh, it, you know, to see if they can do better than than what they had on the last record. And man, this this one, uh, the road not taken, just kind of seemed to just fall in place you know we had sunday in the south and, uh mama knows uh two dozen roses see if i care and of course you know church on cumberland road we we had five singles uh that came off of that project oh yeah it's one of the biggest country albums ever and and such a great point that that to to for it to be your sophomore album that that's the opposite of a sophomore slump you guys blew up and yeah and that's a good point church on cumberland road is when you heard it it's that it's that upbeat one you know it's for for live shows it's tailor-made for that but then then like as happens in concerts you got your peaks and your valleys then you can bring it down a little bit for two dozen roses off that album and talk about right. why that why that song was so powerful i mean it's it's that quintessential country you know longing and regret for a, a relationship that didn't work out and you're just sitting there thinking man if i had two dozen roses would it change your mind i mean what is that the power of it yeah, you know, and to tell you the truth, you know, Churchill Cumberland Road, when it came out, it went to number one and stayed there for two weeks. Uh, two Dozen Roses was the number one tune, but it was more of an impact record. You know, that, and, and, you know, there's a whole lot of varying degrees between tunes. You know, some people like, you know, it's like, I want to be loved like that. Uh, you know, somebody will, will love a tune for what the message says, and it's easy to sing along with. But Two Dozen Roses is one of those that, 
that, you know, it, it kind of tongue-in-cheek, you know, talks about, you know, if I had two dozen roses and an older bottle of wine, you know, if I really could have hung the moon, would it change your mind? You know, well, what, what's it going to take, you know, for, for you and I to put the wheels back on this thing? Right. And, uh, and, I, and I think that that's, that, that that's where everybody is in, in any relationship at any given time. You know, uh, I think anybody that's been in love, in fact, today, my wife and I are celebrating 36 years of marriage. Oh, congratulations. Well, I mean, we've had our, we, we, well, thank you. We, we've had our ups and downs. You know, I, I just think that, you know, the two dozen roses kind of says the, the same thing because during those 36 years, I mean, look, my wife and I definitely love one another, but, you know, there, there's been some times where, you know, <laughs> where, where we didn't get along the best, but it, it was never, it was never enough of anything, you know, for us to, you know, to ever, you know, want to decide that we've had enough or two dozen roses says, you know, look, I, 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 I want to do whatever it takes to make sure that, you know, you know, we, we keep this thing together. Right. Well, th- thanks so much for uh, tying that into your own, uh, your own love story there. And, and congrats on 36. That's amazing. Your third well, album. You, yeah. And then I know your third album, uh, you kept, you kept it going. Cause next to you, next to me is one of my favorite country songs of that entire era. What makes that one special to you? Well, you know, uh, first and foremost, you know, I, I told you earlier that, you know, that my dad was a fiddle player. Well, you know, uh, up through the first two records, you know, we, 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 we never had a fiddle on an album, you know, and that, that, you know, that was always a little surprising, you know, that, uh, that, you know, we never had a, had a fiddle. And then all of a sudden, when Next to You, Next to Me, you know, was pitched to us, it, it was a bluegrass tune. Curtis Wright and Robert Ellis Oil had, uh, had wrote uh, Next to You, Next to Me. And, you know, when they pitched it to us, it, uh, I loved it, you know, because, you know, of course, cutting my teeth on bluegrass music growing up and my dad being a fiddler, you know, we, we never had, you know, we, we you know, we had never had a tune yet uh, on our record that we'd ever put a fiddle on it. You know, we didn't have a steel player either, but we had steel on our records, but the fiddle being such a dominant instrument, you know, we definitely had, you know, to, to get a fiddle. So we did and, and we hired Donnie Allen and, uh, and, and man, he's been with us since 1990. He's he's still there and still fiddling it and uh, still doing a great job. Which of course, now he also plays banjo and, and acoustic guitar and electric guitar as well too. Uh, what what people call in the business a side guy that uh, that's a utility player. But you know, man, he's he's one of us. He, he he's one of the guys. You know, he, he's not a band member. He's a brother. It's just a really, really good one. Um, and then of course you mentioned earlier, I want to be loved like that. Is um is is after that. Um, talk about how I love how you tie in the imagery of some of the, you know, like, um, you know, James Dean rebel without a cause. Like you, you, t- that song touches on some iconic pop culture stuff too, but in, in a sweet way, it's like you you want your relationship to be like all those things you've seen in the movies or music or whatever. But, um, wh- why was it important to sort of weave in sort of that pop culture stuff in that one, when you're expressing your love for somebody in that song? Uh, well, you know, for one thing, you know, you know, a lyric that connects with people, uh, man, that's always such a, that's always such an important thing to do. You know, when, when you can, you know, when you can uh, intervene, anything that, you know, that somebody, yeah, man, I got you. Yeah. In fact, man, I watched that movie, but then, you know, you, you turn right back around and, and then you, you bring it home to, to mom and dad and the kind of love that they had. And, and you witnessed that as a kid, you know, about how much your, your mom and dad, uh, 
not only wanted to be loved like that, but, but loved each other like that. And then all of a sudden, then you, you find out this old man in a graveyard, and, you know, in a garden of stone, you know, his, his, his love, it, it, it's, you know, it's been seven years mm-hmm. and he still loves her as much today. Now, of course he misses her, but he still loves her as much today as he did the, you know, the day he met her. Yeah. It's and, a- and, you know, and I, I just think it's, man, what a, what a wonderful lyric, you know, and, and, and man, that, that, that's one that the crowd, you know, gets to singing along on and, and, uh, you know, they, you know, folks really love that song. They like it. And, and uh, man, it just, it just, man, it just hits home. Oh yeah. Uh, the line, a promise you can't take back. That is, I mean, that's eternal love right there. Um, all right. Well, maybe only time for one more. I know you've had a, a ton more hits than that. We could literally talk about them all, all day, but uh, I want to know about somewhere in the vicinity of the heart with Alison Krauss. That, that must've been a special project working with her. It was, it was, you know, for one thing, Allison's a peach. I mean, she, she really is. And you know what a lot of folks don't know about Allison, she, she's very humorous. You know, she, she very, very jovial. And, uh, you know, she, uh, <laughs> you know, she came in to sing and, and uh, of course, man, Allison is so good. Uh, she, you know, she, she sang her part. She said, ah, let me do that. that. Oh, that sounds terrible. Let me do that again. And I said, Allison, that, that sounds absolutely wonderful. No, 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 no. Please let me do it again. <laughs> and then, you know, she'd do it again. She, you know, she's a perfectionist. And, uh, and, you know, and every time she would sing it, you'd think that surely to goodness, she can't beat that. And she said, ah, can I have that line again? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you keep beating it. Yeah, you just, just say when to quit. <laughs> Take it as many times as you want. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, she did. And, and uh, that, that, that also was a, was a wonderful year to be, to be hooked to her star. Uh, you know, that year at the, at the Grammys, that year at the CMAs, I mean, Allison was winning anything. And everything, everything she was nominated for, she won. So that that was a that was really a that was really a good time, uh, not only for us but uh, for her as well too. I, I I think she really 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 enjoyed it. You know, we uh, we still remain friends today and, and uh, talk to each other every once in a while. And, and uh, uh, that 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 song is is really really special. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us. I know you said, you, you know, you're, you're, as we're talking, we're, you're en route to do a, I guess, a eulogy at a funeral. Any, uh, so, sorry for your loss and anything you want to say uh, about, about the person? Well, you know, uh, the fellow that I'm going to do the funeral for, his name's Perry Edge. And, and Perry is, is probably one of the, probably one of the most salt of the earth guys you could ever meet. I mean, you know, you, you couldn't, uh, you, you know, you couldn't do anything, you know, in, in, unless Perry would ask you, man, can I help you? Uh, do you need some help with that? Man, what can I do for you? Uh, you know, especially being in the record business, you know, he, he was always, uh, man, just always such a good guy, you know, and, and uh, of course, you know, his, his, his wife, you know, Vicki, what a sweetheart. My wife had, you know, said, well, you know, I thought we were going to, I thought we were going to do something on our, on our anniversary and, and we had something planned 
And I said, well, baby, look, there's no way in the world I can turn Vicky down. I, I can't do that. She said, well, I, I, I didn't think you would, and, 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 and I don't think you will. And I said, you know, the, the, the thing about it is, is we, you know, if you want to ride with me and, and we'll go over there and do that, uh, and then, then you know, then we'll head on to Nashville because I, I got a show to do in Nashville tonight. And uh, anyway, she said, well, no, but, you know, let's, let's just save it for another day. Wow. So anyway, so that's, you know, that's, that's, that's what we'll do. And, and I just, you know, look, uh, here, maybe in a week or two, I, you know, let's, let's mean you get in the car and I, I'll drive us over to, you know, Pigeon Forge and man, let's, let's just spend a couple of days in the mountains, you know, and then I'll have to get back, you know, cause you know, our weekends are taking up playing. Well, that, I think that says, that says a lot about you that, you know, you would, you would sacrifice the day of your own anniversary to go, you know, pay tribute to someone to, to get you to a church on, on whatever road it's on. And, uh, you know, it's, that's great. And, and it's funny you mentioned that because my wife and I, we went down Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg and the Smokies and all that was our honeymoon. So we love it down there. Yeah, man, we do too. I, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's it, it's really kind of the place that you know that I, I probably unwind the most. You know, because we've been there so much. If you're in Pigeon Forge, what is that? You go to the, the old mill for some fried chicken or pancake pantry, Gatlinburg, <laughs> or what yeah, do you now, do? <laughs> well, man, you know the, the the old mill is is great. We love that. But, you know, there's a there's a place over there called Little Tokyo, and uh, of course we don't eat sushi, but but uh, you know they they got the hibachi grill, and uh, they do that, and uh, in fact, I, I don't think we ever go over there unless we go by Little Tokyo. But, wow. you know, there's also some other, you know, Calhoun's is over there for ribs, and, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's like I'm saying, you know, we know all kind of places over there that, you know, that, that, that we go to, you know, when we go. But we usually make sure that there's a couple of stops that we definitely make while we're there. But we, you know, but we really enjoy it. We really do. Awesome. Are you going to get up to do Cade's Cove or anything? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've been there so many times, you know, in fact, uh, we've been up there when bears have been out and, and yeah. been up there when bears what, you know, but that's, you know, that's always a, it's always a cool place, you know, to just, you know, if, if you're in the, if you're in the mood to ride somewhere and to look at things and of course, man, man the, the view up there is just knocking out, you know, it's just absolutely beautiful. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I, man, I, I love the mountains anyway. Now, now we, 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 where we live, uh, we live on Colbert Heights Mountain, but it, it, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't a smoky mountain. It, it, it ain't that big where we live. You know, I, I mean, everybody calls it Colbert Heights Mountain. Right, right. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you've been more than generous with your time. And uh, we want everyone to check out Shenandoah, who's going to be playing at the Frederick Fairgrounds in Frederick, Maryland, uh, this Saturday alongside Rodney Atkins. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.